before we jump into this week's episode, I would like to take a minute to allow you to prepare emotionally for the content we will cover today, or to decide to take a break and not listen. While I'm eager for you to hear about these topics, your well-being is of the greatest importance to me. Hey, it's Sarah, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by funding through the Kansas Department for Children and Families. In Haney's last episode, where she covered nurturing and facilitating diversity, she talked about working to understand and respect that people are different. You know, differences like race, religion, ability, culture, even soda preference. And yeah, it's soda, not pop, Haney. Come on. <laughs> she said it doesn't mean coming to the dark side and blindly following another's identity or giving up your own, but finding the joy in both. The joy in differences and similarities. The joy in understanding and respecting. But I think that with finding the joy, we have to also address some of the other emotions that are a part of diversity, like anger, hatred, shame. These are not fun things to talk about, but you know, if you've been listening to any of our episodes around trauma, you know how important it is to look at the parts that aren't so pretty, to help us heal, to continue working toward being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And with that in mind, I'd like to start by sharing where I am in my journey. I am incredibly uncomfortable talking about this topic of the trauma surrounding diversity. As a white, middle-ish age woman who was raised in a predominantly Christian, predominantly white community in Western Kansas, I feel less than knowledgeable or within my right to talk about the trauma that surrounds things like race, religion, ability, cultures, etc., But then I remember what my best good friend, Rudy, said to me in the past. Be an ally. Use your voice to share what you've learned with others. Lean into your vulnerability. Help them be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lean into my vulnerability, rely on my research, and use my voice to share it with you. We know that trauma affects, looks, feels, acts, and grows, etc. differently for each person. There is no one way to explain or fully define trauma, especially when we add in factors like race, religion, ability, culture, etc. So I want to be really clear that the information that we're sharing today is in no way meant to, you know, diagnose, define, exclude, name, describe any one race, religion, ability, culture, or other characteristic The information shared today is meant to, like all the information we share, inform and guide you through your journey of understanding and respecting others. So for today's episode, I want to pull our focus to racial trauma. As it was beautifully stated in the American Trauma Society's 2020 position statement on racial diversity, equity, and inclusion... America's legacy of racial inequities has touched Black Americans and all people of color in countless ways. We are a diverse nation, but we cannot ignore the pervasive role racism has played in our nation's history. We recognize that racism means more than prejudiced beliefs or discriminatory actions. 
It also extends to racial disparities perpetuated by longstanding policies and practices that favor or disfavor people on the basis of their race. In trauma, this is evidenced by inequities in incidents, access to care, injury prevention, and patient outcomes. So what is racial trauma? Racial trauma is the result of ongoing exposure to racial stressors such as racism, racist bias, discrimination, violence against people of color, and racist abuse in the media that creates an environment in which a person of color feels unsafe simply because of the color of their skin. And there can be many triggers for a person to experience racial trauma, things like direct or indirect exposure to racist abuse or discrimination, media depictions of racism, such as police violence against unarmed black people, exposure to racial or ethnic stereotypes, or others not taking experiences of racism seriously. A person experiencing racial trauma can experience both psychological and physical symptoms. You know how we've talked about with the ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences, and how having adverse experiences in young life can lead to medical problems. That's very true of a person experiencing racial trauma. And some of these psychological symptoms have been recorded in children of color as young as 12 years old. And I would venture a guess that it's perhaps even younger. Um, and, and both these psychological and physical symptoms can be made greater by the common lack of access to mental health care and medical care resulting from systemic racism. So how does that information affect us in the early childhood field? Like, why should we be concerned about America's legacy of racial inequities or about potential triggers for racial trauma or symptoms of someone experiencing racial trauma? Like, we just teach the ABCs on how to wash their hands, right? <laughs> I know that you know that that's not even close to what we do. As early childhood educators, we are tasked with the awesome responsibility of teaching and guiding children to become understanding, empathetic, respectful adults. And as we've talked about before, um, in the trauma series we did at the end of season two, those adverse experiences, the ACEs, that may be associated with trauma are disproportionately experienced by some groups of children. So in the uh, 2017-2018 National Survey of Children's Health, they found that 21.3% of Black, non-Hispanic children experienced more than one ACE in comparison to 12.9% of white, non-Hispanic children. In addition, 22% of children in households with incomes below 100% of the federal poverty level experienced two or more ACEs in comparison to 12.9% of children from households at income levels at or above 400% of the poverty level. This data suggests that these adverse experiences that are often associated with trauma are more prevalent for non-white children and poor children. And, you know, so often early childhood education programs 
use disciplined practices that can be inappropriate responses to challenging behavior that are perhaps a response of trauma and can continue to build on this trauma and these disparities. Things like the suspension and expulsion of preschoolers. And not to leave you hanging, but we will talk more about that specific piece of this puzzle, the expansion, the suspension and expulsion of young children um, in upcoming episodes on justice and advocacy related to anti-bias. So I know that was some heavy stuff. So what can we do? Well, I want you to think back to the episode at the end of last season where we talked about trauma-informed care principles. And I want to um, paraphrase a few, some questions that I've taken from the National Center for Pyramid Model Innovations Guide for Early Childhood Professionals to Support Young Children's Resilience. And I would I will put a link to this in the show notes because I want you to hear some of the questions. Again, I'm going to paraphrase, but I want you to be able to go back and look at them. And really, truly, as you listen and as you go back and read and reflect, I want you to do just that, to reflect. Reflect on your own practices, on your own business, if you are a family child care provider, um, about the policies and procedures you have in place. If you are a center provider or a director or an owner, I want you to think about the staff that you work with and the policies and procedures that you have in place and the partnerships that you have with your families and your communities. Some questions to ask yourself to really reflect on, you know, what types of potentially traumatic experiences might children and families in your community experience? Experience. What child behaviors might be related to a child's experience of trauma? What are the signs and symptoms of trauma? Um, Are there interactions or aspects of your environment, like your classroom, your setup, that might trigger a child's stress response? For children that we know that have experienced trauma, how are we working to avoid re-traumatizing? How are we identifying family strengths and working in partnership with them? How are we promoting physical and emotional safety? How are we encouraging peer support among children and families? How are we validating and affirming the experiences of children and their families? How do we work to recognize the impact of culture, disparity, historical trauma, and equity of children and families in our care? And how do we actively work to provide culturally responsive services and supports and address issues of equality and bias? Those are some really big questions. I think that, I hope that this episode, those those short, at least for me, <laughs> that it gave you just a little bit of not a little bit. I hope that it gave you a big lot of stuff to think about. I know there was a lot of numbers, a lot of heaviness, a lot of not fun stuff. But I think those questions at the end, how are we reflecting on trauma? We know trauma is so prevalent across the board. But we also know that trauma is 
disproportionately experienced by children of color, by children of lower socioeconomic status. What are we doing to address that in our programs, to address that in our interactions, to address that in the way that we encourage children to treat one another? What are we doing to help these tiny humans become understanding, empathetic, respectful adults who value the differences in others? Take time for you. Do some reflection. We'd love to hear back from you. And we'll see you next week. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the infographic and other resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Sarah Holmes. Infographics by Rudy Benavides. Music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod. See you next time on Kids These Days.